0: Welcome back to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan.
1: I I, I don't know if you guys can hear me, but I hear, I I feel like I can hear Jahan's voice. Can anyone else hear Jahan's voice or is that just me?
2: This is you. No, I I could hear it. I
1: could hear it. It's (laughs) not just
2: you. Okay. Oh,
1: God. (laughs) (laughs) Are we doing the podcast right now? Yeah. We are. Okay. To me,
2: this I'm makes actually sense. the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen.
1: Okay, so things are starting to make sense to me now. I thought I was just hearing voices, but it turns out we're actually doing the podcast right now. We're all here. We're all here doing the podcast. Okay. I'm Casualty CDG. I'm Gary. Uh, it's nice for you guys to be here. It's nice to be here. I'm glad that we have sorted this out.
2: I think that's the first time I've ever done my intro before, Gary. It feels weird.
1: It does. That's like unnatural. It. I don't like that either. Yeah. Jahan um, always does the intros, too, and I just I don't want to go first. You know what I mean? Like, I I follow Jahan, and then you close it up. That's just how it goes.
2: By the way, this is episode 48 of Fresh Out the Podcast. so We're two there. episodes away after this from episode 50. We're getting there. We're and close. Four episodes away from a whole year. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, that's
1: what I that's was crazy. gonna say. That's four away. We um, we're, we wow, isn't that crazy? Wow, it's it was kind of crazy when we hit like thirty, and it was kind of crazy when we hit forty, but now it's kind of crazy that we're gonna hit a whole year. Heck, yeah. I thought it was crazy when we hit ten. Podbean,
2: who we used to host our podcast, they gave us a little badge that was like, "Congrats on publishing
1: wow. ten episodes." That's amazing. Yeah. Great job, guys. Good job sticking with it. We've put out some really good stuff. Whoa, whoa.
2: We're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> but we will be. We will, will be. be. I, I have another uh, kind of a funny story, I guess. Um, so I bought a Lego set recently <laughs> for the first time <laughs> in. <laughs> no, <laughs> please, no please, Jerome. No please hold your laughter <laughs> okay. uh, i bought a new lego set recently i haven't bought one in years but i wanted uh, i've talked on here before about how big a fan i was of uh horizon forbidden west the newest horizon video game on ps5 um i really liked horizon zero dawn the first game and lego released a uh, a set of the tall neck, one of the the creatures from horizon zero dawn it's like a 1200 piece Lego sets kind of cool. And because I'm such a fan of that game, I'm like, ah, I want, I want that Lego and the price was right. Whatever. So I went ahead and got it. And so it's
1: also for anyone who doesn't know, it's a really cool looking Lego sculpture statue piece. It's not like a small little dinky looking thing. It's a really high quality, cool looking, almost collector's shelf piece.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It actually looks, I put it on my shelf um, in my little media room and it, I like it there it it works really well um so over the past week you know there have been a few nights where my wife and i were watching shows together and so i would be sitting at the table like we have a coffee table i'd actually would sit on the ground and and work on it and while we were watching the show together (laughs) like last night i'm getting to the point where i'm like putting those last few pieces on I've been working on this for I mean it took me combined probably a good like eight hours or so probably to put together put some good time into it my wife goes hmm so like so Legos so, so you basically are just like following instructions <laughs> you. like yes yeah. she goes oh oh okay I, you know I just always kind of thought that Legos like it was more creative you know, building but like you just do what it tells you <laughs> i was just like i mean i guess i don't i didn't know how to defend <laughs> myself in that moment i felt like she belittled me doing this lego set that i'd been spending these hours on and having a great time and i'm like i don't really have a good rebuttal You're to you really, like, yeah,
1: you really colored in the lines on that one drew
3: yeah, you so can.
1: I think that's funny. I I am quite the opposite. I am really impressed by your ability to put that together and stick with that meticulous kind of work. Um, it's like building furniture, you know. Uh, it's like building tiny furniture with with hundreds and, and even thousands a of lot pieces like sometimes. Building furniture, yeah, yeah. You're reading all these. gary It's just out. exactly like putting furniture. It's like a huge pain in the buns. Am, am I back yet?
2: More major less. Gary lag. I'm gonna leave it in too, because it was funny, because you made some beep-boop-boop. You made some beep boop, boop, some beep, boop oh, no. and then it caught up all at once
0: and, like, said you... No,
1: no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What I was saying was, Drew, uh, it's impressive to be able to sit there and put together a thousand-set Lego, uh, because I'm the opposite kind of guy. I'd rather sit there with, like, a big abstract amount of Lego and a bunch of different colors and pieces and rather build things that way. I'm not good at following those types of directions for so long and for so many meticulous pieces. Uh, it's a completely different type of challenge, uh, like a jigsaw puzzle or like a, you know, a three, it's basically in a 3d puzzle. Uh, I'm impressed that you've done that. That's awesome. It looks cool. It should be in your media room on the shelf. Uh, Oh, that's great. And and I'm sorta of building my, my pieces still, right? Except mine are like four pieces I have to click together. So yours is way more impressive.
2: It's yeah. just it's kinda interesting. I'd never thought about it. I've always liked doing Legos and like that just is the process. I don't know what it is about, you know, the meticulous following instructions and finding the correct piece and putting them together and like sometimes you do something wrong. Like sometimes you're like, oh I missed this or I didn't put this piece and you gotta go back and reconfigure it. It happens. Um, but at the There's end of the day, when she called difference. me out, I, I didn't really know how to defend myself. I was like, well, yeah, I'm following instructions, but but I like it.
1: Yeah. The difference between me and you, like, as human beings to our core, is if I was putting it together and I made a mistake, instead of fixing it, I would change or break something to make it fit, change, or fix what I was trying to do. Uh, I, I, I am not good at very small, meticulous things like that. You've always been great at jigsaw puzzles and, and things of that nature. Uh, and that's just a, a different type of creative brain than mine. Um, uh, yeah, that's great work. Great job. And that's very- a cool piece. And I know you're never going to sell it, but I bet that's the kind of Lego that will appreciate in value over the next couple of decades.
2: I hope so. I would imagine it's going to be kind of a limited set. I don't know how much interest there is because it's based on a. I mean, it's a pretty popular PlayStation game, but I don't know how much that translates no. to Legos. Lego. So
0: it also uh, a lot of that can depend on if they made any special bricks for it, uh, because <clears throat> those rare bricks can become incredibly valuable uh, if you follow. Lego brick sellers on TikTok, <laughs> which I do. Uh, but yeah, they'll, they'll they'll talk about how like the special pieces like, oh, this is only found on two models. The uh, Marty McFly's uh, car and, you know, the Ghostbusters Ecto Chamber. So it's really rare and it's worth $100 for this one. You know, it's stuff like that. Uh, I know
2: that happens with the weekend. mini-mix too. Like in some of the Star Wars stuff when uh, all the Force Awakens Lego sets came out. That uh, I think the Millennium Falcon set was one of the only ones where you could get a BB-8 minifig. Yeah, it, within it. So it's some like, people were know, buying those just
0: for the minifig. Yeah.
2: Right. Right.
1: I know more uh, and more friends these days, adult friends, that are collecting Lego and building large Lego 3D pieces to decorate their homes and living rooms and media rooms, and I think that that's totally awesome. Uh, I love it I love I would way rather go to somebody's house and see some awesome Lego sculpture that they built or their family built together than see a painting that they bought at a Walmart you know that I, I don't care about that uh, a picture of a horse you know I don't care about your picture of a horse uh, I'm loving seeing this whole kind of nerd sweep taking over everything it's great
0: yeah it's it's fun yeah when I was a kid uh, I would build the sets and then they would become part of of the collective, like you build the set, and then I would smash it. Uh That was I was a big smasher when I was a kid. I would I loved building things just to destroy, and I would spend all week building like a city in my room, and then at the end of the week I would smash it all and start. Well, over.
1: You still love smashing now, and that's why we call it pulling a Jahan.
0: It's true. I do love smashing now. It's just very different.
2: Their their whole Lego's Is whole it? new little slogan that they use for a lot of their adult themed sets or the ones geared towards adults. They literally will say adults welcome. That's their been their little tagline for these adult sets. So yeah, I mean, there's a a good amount of people out there getting them, but
1: um, don't forget uh... you can watch Lego masters on Hulu. There are two seasons. Uh, I've talked about it before. There's a Lego masters Australia, and that season is actually really good. It's way less produced and it feels a lot more honest for creators and, and Lego fans Uh, So if that's something you want to put on, especially in the background when you're building Lego, uh, it can sort of inspire you in fun ways if you're free building.
2: Um, All right. Well, I've digressed uh, long enough here. I want to get into, you know, last week we talked about Obi-Wan and Star Wars in depth. So I want to get to some of the things that we've been watching other than that this week. And, uh, you know, I've been wanting to talk Top Gun. For a while now, and I'm, I'm ready for it. And I finally get to, I finally have my platform to talk, talk, Top Gun, uh, because I've seen Top Gun Maverick. And uh, I will say I rewatched the original Top Gun before, and uh, it's OK. Do you Top have Gun... to
1: see the first Top Gun for the second one to make any sense?
2: Yeah. <sighs> You're definitely going to get more out of it if you've seen the original. There's a lot of callbacks to the original, a lot of little homages, and there is there are some storyline continuity things that do line up. Um, I'll say this about the first one since I revisited it, and spoilers for a movie that's almost, what, 40 years old? I haven't um, seen it. Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> sorry, Jahan. But the movie, I actually really like the beginning half a little, little more than than half of it uh i think it's pretty fun uh until character named goose is call call sign is goose uh, dies everyone knows movie. goose
0: and, dies <laughs> right and after
2: goose dies the movie comes to just a screeching awful halt and it drags for a long time until the final action scene and also the romance plot and it is just absolutely garbage uh it's really bad but there's just some fun '80s cheese, of course. The new one, I don't know how else to describe this. You guys, I don't know how to describe it. Don't T- don't say what you're gonna say. Cruise, I'm not gonna like
1: Tom Cruise flies plane, plane go fast. Okay, also, yeah. Tom Cruise drive motorcycle, motorcycle go uh, highway to the danger zone.
2: Volleyball. <laughs> uh, volleyball. No, there's no, there's no volleyball in this That's, one. There wasn't it was not the preview football okay. it was football they play football in this one shirtless and baby oil and all <laughs> that's it. there um no let me so top gun maverick let me say this i had a absolutely great theater experience seeing this and this just felt like i don't know how else to say this it felt like a movie movie like just a movie movie does that (laughs) mean what could that possibly mean there are so many people online right now myself included who can critique and dig into movies and really pull them apart and criticize the writing or criticize the characters and lines and top gun like just none of that matters there's so much cheese in this movie but like Top Gun's built on cheese. You're like, yes. In other movies, having so much cheesiness would be a negative in Top Gun. I'm like, give me more. It's so good. <laughs> um, I want to dislike Miles Teller so bad in general. And I liked him in this a lot. And he plays Goose's son. And he looks just like Anthony it's Edwards. Because he's Gander. got his mustache. No, his call sign is Rooster.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Gosling.
2: <laughs> and he he looks just like he could be the son of Goose. It's kind of uncanny. Um, so there's some drama there between him and Maverick. You know, Maverick being uh, Tom Cruise's character's call sign. I don't know, man. It just... It was so much fun. It did a lot of callbacks to the original while still paving its own way. It was its own thing. A new story that had great action set pieces. I was blown away. And um, I saw a com- or I heard a comparison and this was really the best way to put it. One of the guys over at the ringer said this but it's just it's so true. I hadn't thought of it like this. Very similar to the force awakens in the sense that the force awakens a lot of people' like, oh they pretty much just remade a new hope and this is kind of like that except it, it goes way more beyond it's it's way more of its own thing but there's there's some comparisons there that can be my made my
1: favorite thing about the force awakens is that it was the, the new hope it's it's not you, it, it is a shot for shot remake of the <laughs> new hope that's my it's... favorite thing about it
2: and Top Gun Maverick I mean the entire opening credit sequence everything is like the same music the same kind of shots and visuals as the opening to the original Top Gun to the point where you're like wait is this is this the new one until you start seeing the new like the actors names pop up that are new actors or you see you see that the score is by you know like Hans Zimmer such and such and Lady Gaga her name pops up there cuz she's got a song in the movie. Does it you still know, have that
1: stuff? uh the cute little kid with the glasses and then that scene where him and Cuba Gooding Jr. scream show me the money at each other? Is that still in it?
2: You are uh, you're thinking of the movie Jerry Maguire?
1: Mm. Well yeah, then he plays baseball and then he's on a jet and then he kills Goose. And then the kid from Stuart Little's in it?
2: Um you're definitely just combining a lot of uh, Tom Cruise movies here, Gary.
1: Was he hanging
0: from a helicopter trying to get Henry Cavill to stop? A don't explosion? be
1: ridiculous. That's Mission Impossible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I just had such a great time with this. Is it a perfect movie? No. Is it super fun? Absolutely. The crazy thing is that this movie from its original release date that it had in 2019, this movie's coming out like over a thousand days after what its original release date was supposed to be. It was delayed originally because they had to do more reshoots, and then COVID delayed it for two more years because they were so imperative that this movie needed to come out in theaters. And right now, actually, this episode will drop, uh, this podcast episode will drop after the movie's been out for a week. But as of now, when we're recording, it's opening weekend, and they're saying that it's going to probably smash the Memorial Day weekend box office record. And it's, it's going to be Tom Cruise's biggest opening weekend of any of his movies ever. So, um, I mean, I believe that. I am
1: I am so surprised that there is even that amount of interest in Top Gun. I'm legitimately surprised about that. I it's...
2: went on, on Thursday night and I saw a lot of couples in their fifties and above. Um, I saw a dad, like a lot of dads, with families, and I saw a dad in total dad mode wearing a Top Gun T-shirt. So this is just the ultimate dad movie. of That's the year. weird
1: to see dads at the movie theater when there's not a James Bond movie out.
2: <laughs> right, right. This is this has
0: dad Every time vibes all over it by Drew's like desperate love of these dad movies. I'm like, oh yeah, Drew's a dad. <laughs> He's a dad.
1: Yeah, exactly. I am. He has the I itis. He has the dad itis. Well, I and his really dad? Do like
2: dad movies. Another good dad, dad. movie. also a
1: dad, and you and your dad used to go see movies together, right? So you are a dad, and you have a dad that is a dad. He's really dad-like, and then <gasps> dadception. Then you and that dad- yeah, it's, there's a whole dadception thing going on in the in the Munhausen uh, aura.
2: Another good dad movie. Um, if if y'all have seen Ford versus Ferrari that came out a couple years ago with uh, Matt Damon, Christian Bale, that's a really great dad movie also. Um, really like that one, but yeah, I just, I also wanted to comment. One of the things that's interesting about Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is just a very fascinating figure in general in movies. And he's kind of one of the last of this kind of era of movie stars. But what's interesting about Cruise is that the other movie stars that are kind of his contemporaries, some bit younger than him, but still like guys like Brad Pitt, George Clooney, and, um, You know, Julia Roberts and and Tom Hanks and all these people that were, you know, really at their peaks when he was, too, in the 90s and such. Like, all of those folks have had movies go directly to streaming. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio just had Don't Look Up come out. And Julia Roberts has been on series on Amazon Prime. And Clooney directed and starred in a movie that went straight to uh, Netflix.
1: Did you know uh, Julia Roberts lives, like, right over there? No, I did not. Yep, she lives like right over there. That's and awesome. that's yeah. Usually I'm I'm full of crap, but this isn't one of those times. I know it can be hard to tell. Uh, this is where she resides. She lives right over there in Taos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Weird. Well, um, isn't it? There's a there is a small airport here. I'm guessing that she flies in and out of this airport good, to get a good her work chance done. You could meet her. <laughs> yeah, it's a small town. That's right. We could we could bump into her at the grocery store, but I have a feeling that. Her groceries, she probably doesn't buy them herself.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) I don't know.
2: Yeah, just going back to Tom Cruise, you see, I'm talking about all these movie stars, but basically they've all kind of adapted to the streaming age and participated in series and things um, that have gone straight to streaming or, or really are branched out, even doing like TV shows and such. And Tom Cruise hasn't. Tom Cruise has stuck to theatrical releases and you know he's kind of made himself into one of the better action movie stars of the past 10 years just dedicated himself to that instead of doing more dramatic roles and stuff he's just he's sticking to mission impossible movies and top gun and jack reacher and you know that's the type of stuff he's been doing in the past 10 years and um for top gun this one revisiting an old character there's like a little bit of um uh, romantic arc that's not very good but I liked it Jennifer Connelly plays his, his romantic interest in this one which I liked her in it um, I don't know man Top Gun Maverick it's just a lot of fun highly highly recommend I, I thought it was uh, it was really good I mean I'm not opposed to watching it but I haven't seen the first one so it's on Netflix right now and uh, it, it <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and be like the first Top Gun. It's amazing. It's a classic for sure, but it, it's it has its issues
3: for
1: <laughs> sure. I know Jahan's already been on Netflix recently because I was trying to get him to play some Deep Rock today, and he was watching Stranger Things.
2: I was gonna say let's. I know that's the big. The big new Netflix release. This is their bread and butter. This is like Netflix's biggest franchise. And here it is. We've got a new season of series. It's also
1: the series finale, isn't it? Or it's their, the the, the characters finale maybe?
0: I don't know if it's the final season. It might
1: be. So they are doing. I think they're breaking
0: it
2: into parts. They're breaking it up into two
0: parts. Uh, First part is out now. I'm not sure how many episodes it is. I watched, as of the time of this taping, it's been out for like a day. So I've seen the first three episodes and boy, oh boy, it definitely shows that this is one of their big ones because, oh my God, some of the special effects are fire. Um, It's so, so far I like it for sure. The characters are all out and about doing their thing. They're all, you know, they've all grown up. There has been some growing apart amongst the main group. Uh, Lucas joined the basketball team and, uh, you know, he winds. one of the big conflicts of the first few episodes is there's this thing called hellfire club. There's a D and D club at their high school run by the older X-Men. kids. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a X-Men reference. Uh, but yeah, so they do have the hellfire. I think it's just the, the dungeon master Eddie, like mocking, uh, the satanic panic. Uh, because, like, there's, like, trade-up the devil on the shirts for the high school club, uh, or whatever. Which, I think the Hellfire Club is actually cool. I didn't know how I felt about it until I realized what it was. Because I saw, like, t-shirts at box lunch and stuff like that. I was like, I wonder what that is. I thought it was gonna be, like, a no-girls-allowed thing. And I was like, that's stupid. But it's not. It's a DD and d club. It was actually pretty cool. The Dungeon Master Eddie is wild and crazy and cool. Uh... I like what I've seen so far for the first three seasons. You find out what happened to some characters at the end of season uh, three. They definitely progress the story well. Uh, you know, L is living with the Byers family in California, which we knew they were moving. That kind of thing. You get to see more of that. Uh, things aren't necessarily going the best for L. It's it's interesting. The bad guy is messed up. Some messed up stuff happens. I was watching. I was like, oh my God, like something, some truly horrific things happen. Like, oh my God, that was messed up. I can't believe they showed that kind of things. Um, It gets pretty dark. The bad guy is interesting. Um, It's very different from what they've done in the past. A lot of the past ones, it seems to have been more, you know, these creatures are so alien. You know what I mean? They're so far beyond, like, human yeah, conception. they're
1: monsters. They they're, are. They're fighting monsters. And this one, the the bad guy's more intelligent, is it not?
0: Yeah, so they, they've always been intelligent, but it's always been that Eldridge Cthulhu, uh, that creature level of intelligence. They're geniuses. They're so smart. But, you know, think trying to think like a human, like, what does a human think? Like, we're just ants to them. Uh, this thing... Uh, talks a few times, Um, and it is very, it is humanoid in shape. Uh, It's
1: uh, it's a Vecna reference, is it not? Yes,
0: so every every season parallels uh, whatever's going on usually in their D&D games. Um, This one in the Hellfire Club, they have this epic battle with Vecna, uh, and then this character comes out. It's They call him a dark wizard. They call him stuff like that. They use, I've always liked this about the show. They use D&D to parallel these unexplainable things to put them into terms that people can understand and register with. Uh, and that's my one of my favorite parts about the show. I like it so far. I have some gripes with things that I'm not sure about yet, about like the villain and that kind of thing. You know, like I haven't, gotten to the reveal stage yet. I don't know if my theories are true. But if they are, I'm annoyed with some of what's going on. Um And then episode three has some revelations about like Elle and her powers and this dude shows up, blah blah blah. I'm not gonna get too much into spoilers. But it's they're they're doing a very they're doing like an almost an unwind. There's a very convenient thing that happens that's really annoying to me in episode three. But so far, I like it. It is exciting. Uh, like I said, some of the special effects. Specifically, they have people that have, like, these, like, zombified faces without noses, like you can see inside. That's really hard to do, uh, special effects-wise. Like, I recently saw some Doctor Who that had villains that had the same feature, and it looked terrible. It looked awful. Uh, in this, it looks really good. So, there's a lot of that going on. And, you know, the mystery's strong. There's a lot of forces at play working in tandem and against each other there's a lot of stuff going on i do worry about the direction of some of the writing though but that's that's my that's that's Stranger things season season four so far for me
1: i really liked season one and then watched like two or three episodes of season two and wasn't feeling it and never really revisited stranger things i think now that i'm saying that out loud maybe i watched season two and i did not like the beginning of season three is that where it starts off with uh, Eleven running away and, like, winding up in a warehouse with other people? That's all season two. Okay, yeah, that's when I stopped watching. Season... I really That to... is
0: the worst part about season two. Yeah, uh, that arc I
1: really lost interest that in. That arc,
0: it, it's really annoying because they don't touch back on it. Uh, but also, yeah, so season one's fire. Season one's great. Season one's perfect. Uh, season two, I liked. I did like season two. Sean Astin's dope in it. Uh, give me Samwise Gamgee all day, every day. Season three, the villain in that I think is so good. It's the Mind Flayer season. Uh, you know they come out and it possesses the 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 racist uh, metalhead guy. <laughs> you know, and his acting while he's oh man, his acting's superb. He's scary. And he's savage. Like, the way he beats people up when he's doing the bidding of the city is so brutal, man. Uh, So maybe I
1: should go pop back in and check out season three.
0: I think season three is actually better than season two. Uh, We actually watched the last episode of season three to remember everything that happened uh, for season four. But yeah, so far so good on Stranger Things. It's a good show. Like, start to finish, I think it is a good show. A lot of these things tend to suffer from this fluctuation in quality of writing. Uh,
2: the show, I think, stays above water, for sure. Gary, you make me feel better, because I thought I was the only one, because I did the exact same thing as you. I watched season one, really liked it, was excited for season two. I got maybe about midway through season two. It's like I watched like maybe the first two episodes back to back and then a few days for the third and a few more days for the fourth and then slowly, slowly, slowly petered off and I never finished season two. Yeah. And then I remember when season three came out, I feel like people were speaking about it pretty positively, but I had never finished season two and it was far enough out of mind at that point that I would have felt like I would have needed to restart it. Uh, So I never did. And there's part of me that wants to go back now and and revisit but i just thinking thinking about it now
0: season three is actually really good they have this whole subplot going on some really good characters some really good subterfuge some really good
1: i'm thinking we should just skip that second half of season two and just pop right into three we could probably figure out what we don't know season
0: two isn't the best uh season two is about you know the side effects of what happened in the first season and things are worse than they realize that kind of revelation season three actually has further plot. Uh, it's not just fallout from a previous season. Um, and does seem I mean, like season, season four, three,
2: three had the ice cream stuff. Yeah, I, it is hilarious. That stuff. It's that's, hilarious. That's, that's literally man. all I know about it. And,
0: uh, it has the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman, uh, yeah, Maya it, Hop. She rules. Yeah, Maya Hop. She does rule. She's great in this. She's in season four. She's awesome. Uh, a lot of good stuff. They. The reason why I'm so into it. They. I'm very nostalgic. You know. You guys hear all the things I talk about. I like nostalgia, and they really pull on that a lot. This is classic '80s kids on bikes monster movie. Uh, the good old days, man, of cinema. Bad movies. It's the good old days of bad movies brought to like a serious light, I think, is what I'm watching, and I like it. Cool. I want to watch Goreman again, I think.
2: Iko Goreman.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Not what my hunky boy. <laughs> what a good movie.
2: What a good movie. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's Stranger Things. Um, I wanted to revisit just because I know two weeks ago on the podcast, Gary talked about um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the new kind of reboot for them that was on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had started it, but hadn't finished it. And Jahan, you hadn't seen it yet, but we've both seen it now. And I just wanted to comment on it that, uh, you know, I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought it was really funny. I thought that a lot of the little cameos and things and i I saw another video Jahan, what you were saying then about the parody law and how they were able to make some of that stuff happen yeah but i just thought was very witty and smart i i think i was probably i again i really liked it one of the better comedies i've seen in a long time i probably was a little less high on it than gary was i think in general gary you were like 10 out of 10 greatest you know especially
1: for a kid's movie that's really the the deciding factor here is i mean how good is sonic really as a film but for a kid's movie, Sonic is great. Right. How good is Rescue Rangers really as a film? I don't know, but as a kid movie, it's one of the best ones I've seen in years.
3: Yeah, it when you really put good. it that
2: way, it's it's good. I just think that if like from a from a true criticism standpoint, like the first hour or so is like really great. I thought the last thirty minutes or so for me started to drag a little bit, where I was like, okay, we can we can get to this, but otherwise, I thought it was just so much fun.
0: Uh, there, I mean, there was a few moments, you know, where I was like, all right, whatever. But overall, this this is this a great movie. Definitely a great kids movie. Uh, definitely. If you have kids, watch this with them because you'll be entertained. Um, some, of the, some of the jokes in this really made me laugh. When Seth Rogen's character slips and falls and then he gets surrounded by all the other characters that Seth Rogen voices and they all stand over him and do the Seth Rogen laugh. I laughed really hard at that part.
1: Um, yeah, that was pretty funny.
0: Uh, I loved ugly Sonic. I loved, uh, I loved the dwarf the with the
1: polar. Teeth. Oh, the teeth. Zo- yeah. Zooming into his teeth over and over was such a great it touch. Was really that funny. was really, that really, like when that happened, that's such a Lonely Island thing. Like you can feel Lonely Island oozing from behind the camera at those weird type of pause jokes. That's definitely them.
0: Yeah,
2: no, I definitely like this by Tim Robinson, who I think is very funny, and I like uh, his Netflix show, I Think You Should Leave. Oh, my God, his Netflix show is
0: hilarious. I like the one, uh, the episode where they do that. What's that store that sells the really flashy shirts? You know what I'm talking about?
2: God, they, they do this weird well, episode. I've on a tangent here. I'm not. With I'm on you, a
0: tangent. With it's hilarious. One. Anyways, Tim Robinson's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, Chippendale Rescue Rangers was good. I liked it, um, and I really like Sweet Pete. Sweet Pete's hilarious.
1: It's a little funnier because do you you keep up with what happened to kid actors? You know what happened to the kid who was Peter Pan? No, is that what uh, happened to him? We, we, he <laughs> Disney stopped casting him. and I think he killed himself by now. Oh wow, Less oh, funny. No, yeah. So with Peter Pan being the the villain, I was like, ooh, that's a little touchy. But it's you know he's it's been a while, right? I guess he's not around to complain. Yeah, it's upsetting.
0: Yeah, no, it's always there's so many. Uh, if you start digging into old voice child voice actors and child stars, so many of them are dead. It's pretty upsetting. Uh, I liked
1: that Peter Pan was the villain and you know, you can't, you can't control things like that. You know what I mean? You, you can't yeah. control what someone chose to do in, in real life. And I thought Peter Pan was a great villain and the reasoning for it was, was all fantastic too.
0: Yeah. Hey, Amen. If you, once you sign that Disney contract, they own you no matter how much you kill yourself. So you know, <laughs> like, just be aware of that. If you ever, you know,
1: I see Drew frantically reading the story of the actor that voiced Peter Pan. <laughs> I'm, just he, just like,
0: I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing into the darkness, Drew. I don't actually there's, think it's funny. It's there's
1: terrible. Concern. Yeah, it's bad, right?
2: Yeah, he died basically at yep, 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 31 yep, yep. years yep. old of of heart failure from drug use. There's no identification on his body. Um, Nobody was able to identify him. His unclaimed body was buried in an unmarked grave in New York. And then later, like uh, in the next year, his mom like was seeking help of officials at Disney to like to find him and reunite him with his father. And like they didn't even know that he had died. So this is just
1: like Peter who brutal. That is brutal. Oh, you're talking about sweet Pete. Yeah. We don't talk to that guy
2: anymore. He's been (laughs) making bootlegs. That's that's very sad. Uh,
0: yeah, that's, let's
1: finish that story with a cherry on top.
0: Yeah. There's uh, so many articles about all the tragic fates of former Disney stars makes you wonder about Disney, but yeah. So uh, I was just looking it up. Yeah. Jesus. Uh,
1: Disney's built on a pile of bodies. Disney
0: is absolutely built on a mountain of corpses That's that's actually true. Uh...
1: The most <laughs> successful things are.
0: I mean, geez, look, just look at how racist their cartoons used to be. But anyways, uh, and still are. So let's <laughs> move on to. What... Let's move on, please. What, what Rescue
1: if... Rangers, guys? Rescue Rangers. Remember that we liked it. We did like it. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> Uh, I'll you, uh, uh,
2: I'll move on to something else here. I'll, yeah, I'll, what I'll else move this along. Do you like? I watched The Lost City. Um, mm-hmm. This is a movie that came out in theaters. Doesn't sound much. lost to me. It is. It's not that lost. Uh, this movie stars Sandra Bullock, and Channing Tatum, and Brad Pitt, and Daniel Radcliffe. It's kind of a. Uh, oh, why can I not what? think of what it's called? Like a romancing the stone esque movie yeah this is a. it's it's like surely you've seen the trailers for this sandra bullock plays like a romance novelist and channing tatum plays the cover cover, model for her model of her books Um, and she gets kidnapped and taken to the jungle and so he trying to prove himself like basically goes out to try to rescue her and uh yeah yeah and so i actually saw this
0: too drew i saw this recently
2: Okay, yeah, this came out in theaters, and then it just dropped on Paramount Plus uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so I missed this one in theaters, so I watched it on Paramount Plus. First off, ha- I have to say, I watch a lot of movies on streaming. The streaming quality of Paramount Plus when I watched this was terrible. It really garbage. Um,. I usually don't have issues with streaming, but this one—it was just choppy. It was not good, and I think it's probably whatever video player codex that Paramount Plus is using. I feel like it's on, on that. Um, I anyway, had no so issues just...
0: with the streaming of this.
2: Okay, well that's good. Uh, maybe it was just me, or maybe the app was having a bad night. Yeah. I don't know. Um, not that it really took away from the whole movie or anything, but um, it, this—it it was, it was fine. I mean. If you're wanting like an adventure jungle movie, like Romancing the Stone, that's the best comparison you can make. It really kind of feels like a modern day version of that. Um, Daniel Radcliffe plays the villain that the kidnapper and he, you know, it's right in line with the types of roles he likes playing now where he's just kind of over the top crazy characters fits right in line with his post Harry Potter career. Um, But, I mean, there's nothing too memorable about this. I do think Channing Tatum's funny and charming for whatever reason. Like, I like seeing him and stuff, usually. Um, I like Sandra Bullock. Brad Pitt's pretty funny when he does pop up here. Brad Pitt's hilarious. But just the movie as a whole is just so, you know, it's it's
0: the epitome of fine. So, I think that people should watch this movie. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I was laughing a lot. I was laughing really hard. I was like, man, this is really funny. Uh, I, a lot of good moments. It's definitely cheesy. Uh, they make her wear that sequenced jumpsuit the whole time, which I think is really funny that they somehow made that work, uh, for the movie. But I don't know. There's some truly funny moments when they're rescuing her. I was dying. That whole rescue scene where Brad Pitt's just taking people out. Channing Tatum sneaks up behind him. trying to help when Channing Tatum's, like keeps punching people that are falling down because they're unconscious. I was dying because like Brad Pitt would knock them out. And before they hit the ground, Jay Tatum would deck them and be like, I got one. And like, it's (coughs) really funny. funny. It's really funny. Uh, and also just the sheer ferocity with which Brad Pitt takes people out. It's a pretty good action sequence. Um, there's, there's a lot of really funny moments. I actually liked this movie. I thought it was pretty funny. I think it's definitely worth a watch, especially if
2: you can find it on streaming. And you can. It is on Paramount Plus right now. So that's The Lost City. Gary, I don't we've, been, know we've been talking about stuff. What have you been watching? Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Uh,
1: I don't know that Brad Pitt has killed a man with his bare hands, but I, I think that he has. I think he did. Don't quote me on that. I don't have any facts to back that up, Uh, I just, I think that he's done it.
0: He's rescuing her. (laughs) He's rescuing her from the chair. And she's like, why are you so handsome? He's like, my father's the weatherman. And I just, (laughs) I just died laughing, (laughs) dude. That one took me out. That one took me out. It was so funny because he had it Um, in the chamber. Like it it was, it was so good.
1: I haven't been watching anything good, Drew. I haven't watched any movies. I've just been watching lots of trash streaming shows and documentaries and things. Uh, there was a show that I wanted to bring to Jahan's attention in particular. Uh, it's a show on Disney Plus, and it's a show called The Quest. And it is awful. It I've is seen this so... up
2: on like, the big... The bar at
1: the oh, top of the
2: plus for the stuff that they advertise.
1: Oh man, it's bad. It's so bad that only Jahan could possibly like it. I thought. <laughs> I <laughs>
0: thought that isn't that a children's show? You has that ever stopped you? But yeah, it I mean, lo- It looks like, because uh, like I saw this show and I was like, huh, that almost looks good. But it also reminds me of Disney Descendants. Like when I'm looking, I at
1: it. have never seen worse acting. Or worse, costumes or (laughs) sets on any modern TV show in my entire life. Like, straight up characters are wearing fake plants that they got from Hobby Lobby. Like, they didn't bother sewing them in or dressing them up or painting them or putting stage makeup on. Like, it's inappropriately bad, this show. The show is called The Quest. It's 10 kids, (laughs) and it's like a reality show slash competition show. Oh, it is? Where inappropriately
2: yeah, bad. I'm oh, sorry. I loved that combination. It's inappropriately it, bad.
1: It shouldn't exist. It's bad. Like whenever somebody watched it after they made it, they should have all just been like, "E," and thrown it in the garbage. This it's is like, so this f- is apologized. It's a competition show.
3: Like it's actually a reality,
1: a, okay. a reality show. So it's these kids and they they're like summoned to this fantasy universe. And so while they're here in this fantasy universe, they, like, come across kings and princes and stuff that give them quests. And then the kids have to complete the quest. And I guess whoever's the most heroic at the end of it all will win the show. Uh, They'll win the quest. I only watched one episode. It's awful. It's trash. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. And I think Jahan will probably love it. Uh, it's just fantasy garbage kids <laughs> reality competition show. It's the worst. It's so bad. It's bad on paper.
0: You guys have uh-huh. s- such an opinion about <laughs> my taste, but, but it's you also... Just- It's an opinion that's um, shared by every member of my family that I love terrible movies. I was
1: going to say, we just got done talking, and you said that your mom would sit you down to watch Willow because she knew you loved fantasy stuff. And as your friend, I know you love fantasy (laughs) stuff. Uh, It's just not good. But it's so bad that you almost have to see it because it's like... uh, Maybe I'll watch one. It's like worse than soap opera. It's like worse than community theater. It's just so bad. Everyone is so bad. It's like they got the, the extras from Hollywood that play Disney princesses for birthday parties on the weekends. And like that's who they cast as the main stars in this. It is just so cringy. Wow, you're really swinging
0: yeah. at a whole whole bunch of people.
1: <laughs> Man, yeah. Who have I not pissed off yet? <laughs> take
0: take that poor children party act, you fucks. Uh
1: wash up has been wannabe comedians, you suck in real life and you suck on Disney Channel.
0: <laughs> so funny enough, I mean you might have a point because you definitely sold me. I might check it out.
1: Uh yeah, and I just want to make sure that like when I'm selling this to you that you know that it isn't good. And what you're getting into is a steaming pile of like fantasy garbage with bad costumes, bad acting, and bad props. And when you know all of that, uh, maybe it will change sort of what you're viewing. Sounds and you can like just... the
0: Dungeon Siege movie starring uh, what's his name, um, the the bald British guy from Crank.
2: What's his name?
1: Jason Statham. Jason
0: Statham, yeah, from the Dungeon Siege movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, Gary, in two weeks from now, we're going to sit down and record. Jahan's going to come in, having watched this, and sit down and shrug his shoulders and go,
3: I liked it. It, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of
1: liked it. I'm watching it. I can't hear make making a season two. I don't like I don't that know. your impression like... of
0: me sounds just like my family's impression of me. That's uh, what you know. sound like. I, I guess like... so. Must uh, be. I
2: only thing that could have made it better with some zombies, guys. I don't
1: know. It was pretty good. I was kind of liked it until the eighth episode when they had zombies in the <laughs> Wow. Oh,
3: I'm oh just,
0: boy. I'm just the bottom of a barrel person, huh? That's just me. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, I'm like what's left you. over after they make a bunch of good people. He's, we're like, hey, we have enough for another one. <laughs> Let's just you like, <laughs> like the backwash
2: of people. Jesus, scary. <laughs> 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 we don't want Jahan to end up like Bobby Driscoll here, okay? Oh, that's the guy. That's the guy who voiced Peter Pan. <laughs> oh no, I
1: don't want to. End I'm up sorry. Like this was a terrible
2: joke. This has gotten super dark. I apologize. very right dark now. This is terrible. Um, let's please move on.
1: All right. So that's the quest on Disney Plus. Um, does anybody else have any good Disney Plus action going on, or, or should I mm. should I find something else to talk about?
2: I don't think so. I don't have anything from Disney Plus.
1: Okay. Uh, let me talk about a, a fan favorite. Then this is one that everybody tunes in to listen to. Uh, a lot of people on the internet are buzzing about Holy Moly season four, uh, and they want to hear what I have to say about Holy Moly season four. Because we are sort of the official Holy Poly, holy Moly podcast, kind of, uh, in that we're the only podcast that ever talks about Holy Moly, and it's and it's really just me and not the podcast so much. Um, they're still doing Muppets, Drew, so if you like Muppets and you like Rob Riggle, let me tell you, like this Muppets. is still the place to be. Do you like Rob Riggle?
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's some good Rob Riggle, Joe Tessitore as always. Uh, you just, see people fall
0: down. Just so you know, Rob Riggle, everything I like is shit. <laughs>
2: yeah. so, don't it's do true. this, Jahan. <laughs> don't do this. We like you. <laughs> I like
0: me, Everything too. he likes
1: okay. sucks, and that's why he likes us, and that's why you like Rob Riggle. Hey, uh, someone has
0: to be the shitty content guy. That's
1: me. Pepe the Crustacean has kidnapped Stephen Curry. Uh, and is and is going to get his own ABC show if he gives him back. Uh, he's making demands for a season five of Holy Moly under the orders of Rob Riggle. <laughs> so that's the greater overarching story with the Muppets. Other than that, it's just uh, to a, a comedian and a great uh, commentator who's really funny, going back and forth. Uh, good background show. Good for your family. Good while you're eating. People fall down, they get covered in fake poop, they get hit with doors, porta potties, is everything you've ever wanted to see in Putt Putt Golf.
0: I'd rather it be real poop.
1: Yeah, I would too. Those are stakes.
2: Question Is holy moly televised or is it just on Hulu?
1: So on it's TV? it's an ABC show and it comes okay. on weekly, I believe. I would imagine okay. oh, so yeah.
2: it is on Prime Time.
1: Yes, because it, it doesn't say Hulu original anywhere, it says ABC and That's it comes it out is. once just a week. I don't even know. I honestly
2: uh, pay very little attention these days. I used to be like I knew what show was on what network on what night. I used to be all about the I
0: it used to matter. It just it doesn't anymore. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. Speaking of shows that used to be on, uh they made a new Kids in the Hall. I don't know if you guys ever watched the original Kids in the Hall. It's one of the old classic sketch comedy shows from like the 90s. Uh, think like the Mad TV, SNL wars era. Kids in the Hall was right kind of before that. Mad TV, I think. Um, it's a sketch comedy show. A bunch of Canadians. It's pretty funny. Uh, but also, it's one of these hit-and-miss sketch comedy shows. Uh, the new season is on Amazon Prime. They take some digs at Amazon Prime, so those are always funny. Uh, there's a surprising amount of full-frontal male nudity, so there's your warning for that. Uh, if If you think that male penises are funny or can be funny, then they're in this show. And if you don't want a bunch of male penises in your comedy, then skip kids in the hall. Um,
0: no, one particular...
1: <laughs> skip the kids in the hall if you don't like penises. What? That's uh... <laughs> There's one particular scene uh, in season two, one skit that really got me. Uh, they have like a recurring bit where they're open with a bit and they'll come back to it throughout the episode and then end with that same bit. Um, episode two uh, of this season uh, is a post-apocalyptic DJ. And the only song he has is Brand New Key. Uh, and I'm sure you guys know that one. Uh, it's like uh, it's like a high-pitched girl's voice. It's, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's all he has. The apocalypse is hit everyone is dead and he's like a radio shock jock dj so every morning he gets up and plays that song and does his like radio dj bit to nobody because everyone's dead and then he just stares off blankly uh, like into the void like he knows that life is meaningless uh, and that's the recurring skit that keeps coming up and i was dying laughing every single time uh, with, you know, the really happy song being played and then Dave Foley just looking completely destroyed down to his soul.
0: I mean, that's pretty timeless. Uh, if you're a DJ, it's all pointless.
1: Yes. And, and even I, I re- I told Corbinian, I sent uh, our, our buddy Corbinian a message. He used oh, to yeah. be a DJ and I was like, man, you, you might like this. This might, this reminded me of you. It calls to me in some sort of way. Uh, So that's the new Kids in the Hall, and that's on Amazon Prime. If you, again, uh, adult comedy, big time, uh, and it kind of has a Monty Python type of feel to it where there are four comedians and they play every role. They play the men, they play the women, they play every part. So uh, there's some good classic sketch comedy stuff here, and there's some good bits like any good sketch comedy show buried in there. Uh, but it's not by any means a, a key and peel where key and peel is a hit almost every episode. Uh, Kids in the Hall is not that way.
0: That's typically how the sketch comedy goes.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I'm curious to see how SNL evolves moving forward. I saw that they had a lot of big names leaving all at once. Kate
0: McKinnon and uh, what's his Pete name? Davidson? Pete Davidson, yeah
1: and AD Bryant and uh, uh Kyle A.
2: Mooney AD Bryant Kate McKinnon Pete Davidson who was the other one sorry you said, I think you just said it Kyle Mooney Kyle Mooney that was it Really
1: Mhm but I don't think Kyle Mooney is funny and I don't think AD Bryant is funny um they can do without Pete Davidson, who I love. I like Pete Davidson a lot. I just he doesn't make a whole lot of the skits. The the skits funny. He's just good at being Pete Davidson. So really the only person that I think they're losing is Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon is. She's, a a, she's great. Kate McKinnon is amazing. She's, she's but they're losing four the people and one is a heavy hitter. I think the rest of them, they might just be unloading some some dead weight off the cast. Mm-hmm. Um I love sketch comedy so i'm i'm really interested to see where this goes they've got Jameson, some i would argue
0: members. is not dead weight because he's he's a crowd uh pleaser people like him he's definitely he's,
1: on snl he's movie. only got like that one recurring character that chad who's like hey what huh and then in he the doesn't have scene, a lot
0: of recurring characters but like somehow he still scenes, manages to be in a lot of stuff i don't know
1: he just kind of bombs other scenes whenever he's playing actual characters. Though he's not actually a good character comedian. He's hmm. just good at being Pete Davidson. He is. He is just good at being Pete
2: Davidson. There, there has been a lot of discourse around SNL right now with this, with all these people leaving because you know this is probably the biggest. Um kind of uh, exodus mass exodus yeah good way to put it uh of people from snl since about 10 years ago around the time that kristen wig and jason Sudeikis and bill hader and all of them kind of left like in back-to-back seasons and and a lot of, they lost a lot of their top tier um talent and it's interesting also because snl you know used to have a cast as small as like seven or eight people and now the cast has ballooned over the past couple of years to being over 20 and mm-hmm. um I think a lot of that was because of COVID and they needed extra people so that if somebody tested positive, you know, people could still fill in. And also they've diversified their cast a lot more, which is which is good and and much needed on that show. Um, But it just seems like there's been a lot of discourse around their the ability to build stars. Like maybe they haven't been able to build as many stars as they once did. Obviously, Keenan's still there. He's the biggest name probably still on the show yeah um and he'll be there for a long time and and they're allowed to do a lot more along with snl than they ever were back in the day um yeah i don't know there's just a lot of interesting things with that i'll be interested to see you know lauren michaels is going on there a lot of the thoughts are that after 50 seasons he'll he'll leave which i think this is about to be what 48 um I don't know. We'll see what happens once he retires and where it goes. But SNL is like a pretty interesting to, to thing to watch right now. Not just for the show itself, but for the business around it for the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, I, st- I mean, I still watch SNL. Uh, I usually keep up. I've missed a few here and there. I've missed some recent ones, but it. I mean, it still definitely has good skits. Uh, Weekend update will always be funny, and some sometimes they get the the hosts that kill it. And those are always fun to watch.
1: Yeah, there are the the there's like the three writers now at SNL who are kind of Lonely Island knockoff guys, and I'm really not feeling their vibe either because they, they reek so of are. Lonely Island knockoff. They are very they knockoff. They do not reek. They don't smell like originality at all. They need to go.
2: Sandberg was another one that left in that exodus about ten years ago too. That was another good name that left. Yeah, Sandberg. Is hilarious.
0: Uh, who's next? You got more stuff, Gary?
1: I always have more stuff to talk about, but why don't I pass the mic? Why don't you talk about something fresh?
0: All right, yeah. So I talked last week, uh, or two podcasts ago, about From. I was watching the show From from Epics. Uh, it is a like
2: lost from from Epics from. the the show from something from the the channel epics from blah 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 sorry i just like making from jokes from's a good uh is ripe for parody so
0: yeah uh the show from on epics is a sort of like a lost style uh show they're in a mysterious town they can't leave these creatures hunt them at night uh but they found a way to stay safe in the houses with these rune stones so they're working with that there's a bunch of mystery going on they're trying to build a radio signal to get stuff out i finally watched i finished the season uh and it does end on a good cliffhanger uh that makes me really excited for the next season actually they actually did end it in a way that i was like oh man i really wonder how this is going to affect things they introduced uh an avenue for a lot of new people to join the crew. Uh I think next Jesus. Would you say the ending exciting. Would you say the ending was epic? I would. I would. It was a pretty epic's ending. Uh which is a great a great for a show from from Epics.
1: Do you uh, think whenever they use their runestones to get their radio working it's going to come across and say 4 8 15 16 16 23 40 42.
2: Did you pull those up or do you know the numbers, Gary?
1: You think that's what's going to happen, John? Is that,
2: is that lost? Is that a lost joke? It is. That's okay. definitely a lost joke. And I'm curious if Gary actually knows the numbers by heart or if he had to look them up.
1: And you, the mystery. I can will tell. Remain.
2: I can tell by the
0: way he was looking and doing stuff that he was looking it up, but, uh,
2: I never actually saw lost. So, hmm. Those numbers are burned into my brain for the rest of my Lost life. Lost was one of those
0: shows everyone was talking about, and then they were like, oh, yeah, and then this Smoke Monster. I'm like, that's stupid. There's no way that's going to end well, and it didn't. So, ha. Lost Rules, It's awesome. Lost that's is dumb. Too. I liked all of it. Lost is dumb and you're dumb. All right. Uh... You
1: didn't even watch it.
0: Yeah, it was dumb. Why would I watch it I know. and know it's dumb? <laughs>
1: I'm it not going
0: to watch Frog now just to spite you. <laughs> oh.
1: Man, and from is dumb, and you can tell it is because they rhyme. Yeah,
0: that's true. They do somehow rhyme. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, I also watched uh, a few episodes of the show from Prime Video, Outer Range, uh, which is a show starring uh, Josh Brolin and Imogene Poots. Um, it is a It's a sci-fi cowboy show where this mysterious hole opens up on his property. No one knows where it leads kind of thing. Uh, it's a, it, a lot of the story. So you have it? sex with it. I wish, I wish I would watch that show, but no. So it's very, I don't know how I feel about the show. It's slow. It's a slow burn. It's a very slow burn. And I don't know if it gets anywhere. Interesting. I, I only watched the first three or four. Um, but honestly, like, if the hole wasn't there, this would just be a bad Yellowstone ripoff. And, uh, but it's it's okay. I don't know. It might be good. It might get better. I'm not sure I'm sold on it. But yeah, that's out of ranges. I don't know if you guys have seen this or heard of this.
1: I have not, but just based on the name, I would guess it was a Yellowstone ripoff. So that's funny.
0: That yeah, is a bit of a Yellowstone uh, ripoff. It's definitely got that vibe. Is it, did you say it's alien y? Is there an alien vibe going it, on here? There is an alien vibe. It might have aliens in it. Uh, that is it's unclear outer to me yet.
1: It kind of sounds like outer limits and it kind of sounds like the range. So it's almost like a ghost or, or an aliens versus cowboys situation going on it here. It seems
0: like it. The whole, like, you do find out stuff about the whole in the first few episodes. Um,. Somebody goes in there. Wow, it's crazy. Oh no. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. He throws, I don't know. I don't want to do any spoilers, but he throws some things in the hole, and it's very interesting what happens with them. Those parts are very interesting. Uh, I just honestly I wish it was just less of the cowboy Yellowstone crap.
1: More holes. So for fans of throwing stuff in holes and cowboys. The hole's interesting.
0: The hole's interesting. You don't get enough of it. Uh
1: so that's that. I also watched that would have been a good segue for holy moly. (laughs) How could you have that the hole is interesting and you don't get enough of it? (laughs) The mysterious hole. Uh
0: but yeah. I also watched uh quite a bit of Ash vs. Evil Dead, the TV show uh
2: from stars. Uh watched the show, but I just watched the evil dead trilogy again recently and i almost was like should i try ash versus evil dead but i've also heard that like it's it's kind of
0: meh it is kind of meh but also so it is every like it's like they got all the movies and just squeezed the camp into a cup and like it's just this concentrated it's so campy it's so cheesy it's so over the top the violence is arguably more over the top than Evil Dead. Like, it's it's crazy. The blood fountains are there, if you like that kind of thing. Uh, there is a scene in Season 2 where he literally has his head up the butt of a cadaver that has an open chest, and you could see his head, and the dick's, like, flopping it. Like, it's very messed up like it's it's just a bunch of cheap gore thrills it's exactly what you expect from evil dead um and bruce campbell's How many in good times form,
2: an though. episode does bruce campbell
0: say groovy i don't know that he said it he might have said it once he might have said it once but he is he is in top peak uh bruce campbell form he is killing it he's doing the ash thing he's uh lovable and hateable at the same time uh, the side characters are definitely entertaining. Uh, you got Pablo, who lo- who who's just uh, this really crazy looking guy. Uh, that's re- he's he's really ridiculous. He's kind of a wimp. Uh, that... His look is next level. He's His like look a, is
1: next level, man. He's got like an eraser head, flat top, and he, he wears a denim jacket, and he has like a really thin uh, light Mexican guy mustache. He is it's perfect
0: he is the most distinctive looking person i like he's one of a kind he looks very distinctive uh and then the female lead is all, is very uh she gets pretty bloodthirsty she gets pretty she becomes like ash's protege and she's very good at it also uh you get to see Lucy Lawless is here uh as a bad guy and it's that's pretty cool too i think it's I don't know. I don't know if I I would recommend it. If you don't like Evil Dead, don't watch this. This is only if you like Evil Dead. This is like Evil Dead, like, graduate school, man. This is... It gets pretty ridiculous. It gets out there. The bad guy in season two is pretty cool. Uh, They do... You do get to see new kinds of demons. You know what I mean? Uh, They usually stick to the, the one brand. You know, they don't flesh out too much. They have some pretty cool ones. Um... I like it. I'm on season two right now, about halfway through. I think I'm going to finish the full three seasons. I don't think they're they're doing a fourth one. Uh, I don't know. Groovy is all I have to say.
1: Also, for real fans of the Evil Dead series, uh, Johan and I just both recently picked up the Evil Dead video game on Xbox.
0: Yeah, we did. It's actually kind of why I started watching uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead again yeah Um, i
1: thought it might have inspired you to pick it back up
0: (laughs) i picked it back up i wanted some more of that sweet sweet action uh take it away about the game though gary you can start us off
1: so it's a multiplayer well here's part of the problem it has a single player campaign uh which i think is strange it should have been a multiplayer campaign but everyone's buying this game for the multiplayer mode. There are four survivors, and there is one person who controls the deadites. Uh, You control one giant demon deadite, and you have the ability to place spawning rune circles and stuff to spawn your small soldiers and your elite soldiers. Uh, The way that you spawn those is by picking up evil dark energy. Uh, (laughs) So what that looks like is a first-person mode of the spirit flying around just flying around the map really fast. So it actually gives you that evil dead, that cheesy camera view of <laughs> yeah. like the eye demon souls flying a- towards the house. And you wonder why is that shot there? It's such a cheesy, silly it's powering shot. powering up, yeah. Well, yeah, they ended up working into the game as part of the mechanics of it's the eye, you know, circling you, watching you, planting portals and powering up. It's the, the big demons getting his stuff ready. Uh, so I do like that. It's, it's it, and, and the game, the Evil Dead game, I would say, is only for really, really big fans of Evil Dead. Uh, the maps are, it, there's one big map. It kind of has a, a battle royale type of feel where the survivors start close to each other and you have to kind of run and loot and complete an objective. Uh, the objectives, of course, are to find the pages of the map, to summon the Necronomicon, to get the dagger, uh, and then banish the Deadites. So that's the play style for every map. Um, a clever Eight player can, after 25 minutes of all of your team's hard work, uh, they have enough upgrades to just kill you and beat you. Uh, um, so there's some balance issues with the game. Uh, the looting isn't particularly fun to, to just run around and pick stuff up. I'm, I'm kind of over that Battle Royale mechanic, but... Every single character in the game is from the lore. They're from the shows. They have their looks and different outfits. Uh, a lot of the actors did their own voice lines. Bruce Campbell came back and recorded some original voice lines. Um, so there's a lot to love about this game for an Evil Dead fan. If you are a Left for Dead person and you're looking for another cooperative zombie killing game, this is not what you're looking this for. This is not it. Um, this Evil Dead game plays a lot more like dead by daylight yes th- then than it does like a left for dead game um i wouldn't recommend it but i would recommend it for fans of evil dead
2: did John, you ever play did... the, the friday the 13th game yeah it's like uh, that that's yeah that's what i figured it's okay. exactly
0: like that yeah friday the 13th dead by daylight those kinds of games uh where it's players trying to complete some sort of objective to defeat the the much more powerful singular evil um yeah so this game starting off this game has a 40 and a 60 dollar mode uh you can just buy 40 dollars i probably should have honestly i regret spending extra money i got some cool skins that's about it uh this game does have it seems like one map but that map is pretty well utilized uh you start in a different area every time and so far we've played night dusk wind Uh, snow, rain, like, it's always very different, and, like, it does seem to have an effect on just how things go. Um, the looting, I'm pretty tired of looting, too. The looting in this game specifically, there aren't that many weapon types. Uh, so, you know, you're like, okay, I found a revolver, or yay, a revolver. But, you know, that almost makes it better, because you don't have to look for that ideal thing. You're probably just gonna find what you want in a couple places, Um, I think this game's definitely fun, definitely good for Evil Dead fans. It, yeah, the campaign, I'll say campaign in quotes, is single player, because it's, it's, it's not very long. It's honestly just, like, seven missions to unlock some characters. Um, the Deadite gameplay looks really fun, and, I don't know, this game's cool. It has, and Bruce Campbell himself did go and do the rounds for the, like, the game coming out like uh, advertising-wise. I saw him talk about the game. So that was pretty cool. And there are four Ashes. Uh, When you unlock all the characters, there are four different Ashes. There are four roles. There's leader, uh, warrior, hunter, and support. There is a different Ash for each one of those. Uh, The leader Ash is El Jefe from the show. Uh, The warrior is obviously the uh, uh, army of darkness uh,
1: Ash and then the It's also the only character in the entire game that can equip the chainsaw. Yes. So, if you find a chainsaw, all you can do is ping it because only Ash from Army of Darkness can use it. Or chainsaw. from
0: L, uh for the show. They all have a one to use it too. Okay. Because that's, that's the uh, what happens after Rami Darkness. is both of them, only the ones that actually had the chainsaw hand can use the chainsaw hand. Uh, which is kind of cool, but there's also like four other warriors you can pick from. None of them can use the chainsaw. Um, but yeah. I...
1: As a person who plays support characters, I'm really excited that I'm not going to get to use a chainsaw. What yeah. awesome game design.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do kind of miss out on it. I get what they're doing. This game's a big homage, and it is... It's a good homage. I think it is well done to that respect. It's probably worth about 40 bucks. If you can get it cheaper or for free, I'd say give it a go. Uh, it
1: will be cheaper. It it's will be 40 cheaper. now. Wait until Halloween. I bet it goes on a 50% sale and you could pick it up for $20. So if you're an Evil Dead fan, uh, my gut tells me that it'll go on sale around Halloween this year.
0: Honestly, I would sing this game's praises if they had... Uh, Another map and maybe another couple game modes, this game would kind of slap. Uh, if
1: we could play a four player cooperative campaign, uh, I would like this game a little bit more. I think just matchmaking over and over and over isn't the most fun. The game definitely has balance issues, and so playing matchmaking games yeah. with balance issues is just inherently well, frustrating. There is
0: no balance, you get to level up your characters like outside of the game. And you get to bring that high level character into each game, regardless of what level everyone else is. So you might be fighting a max level demon when you just started. Uh, so and that's if an somebody issue.
1: quits on your team, or if somebody is bad on your team, you're going to lose. As you know, <laughs> that's a problem with a lot of matchmaking games uh, like this. But it's it's a consistent problem because you can't go to a campaign and then play with your friends. You have to match make with strangers or you know that type of thing, and they if you need all four people to survive the hordes if there's somebody who is really bad or somebody who leaves and they don't care, it will make you lose in a game like this it's It's too vital uh it's pretty brutal in in structure you, you really need it. Um,
2: it. sounds like the type of game that if they struggle to get the a good player base on it it it'd be ripe for game pass or something like that because you're instantly gonna get a way bigger player true. base. It would be great on day, day one. Yeah, it or would be day, great. Whatever it's, it's added.
0: Uh but yeah, that's I mean that's the Evil Dead game. It's good if you're a fan, and even then wait for it to go on sale.
1: Good if you're a fan, he says, and I'll hearken back to Young Rock, which I have now I think hit the, the season finale of season two. Uh there there is a fantastic bit with Randy Savage in season two. Uh, One is just a simple throwaway line that made me laugh when I heard it. And I still laugh about it like weeks later. Uh, She, someone walks up to Randy and hands him the script and he goes, (laughs) mine says macho. And then he like laughs about it and flexes. And they're like, yeah, very good, Randy. And they walk away. Hmm. Uh, and, And then in this most recent episode, he does an opening for a Sears and he he's just supposed to cut the ribbon just do a ribbon cutting at a sears he gets up there and just starts like improving a whole monologue about how much he loves sears and how sears changed his life and how you can get all the best things you need at sears and then he goes inside and is trying to help people out and sell stuff at sears the manager is like you don't work here you know that right you don't need to be here and he's like Hey, man, don't worry. It's not a day of work for me, brother. I love Sears. And then shows back (laughs) up later in the day in a different outfit and is doing it again. And it's just, there. it makes you wonder how many of these stories about these wrestlers like have some modicum of truth, these bizarre characters. And getting into the later part of season two of Young Rock, you're introduced to more and more and more of these bizarre characters. Uh, as the rock gets older in the story he's starting to talk more and more about the wwf uh there's a guy who plays Vince McMahon he sounds exactly like Vince he doesn't particularly actually, look
2: like him I actually had this on the tv the other day like the day that the 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 finale was on live and i caught some of the vince mcmahon stuff i just happened to have the tv on so Sounds I, like I him
1: didn't Yeah it did it did He's got big hair too but he does he doesn't look like Vince Uh, And that's he's not a
2: thousand years old yet.
1: Right. Uh, It's great to see wrestlers like Bam Bam Bigelow and stuff Uh, before they were Bam Bam. But he still has like the flame tattoos on his head and he's going by some other silly name doing some south uh, eastern uh, wrestling. Um, Still, I'll always be preaching young rock and I can't wait for season three. I'm not even sure if it got approved for a season three. But this is a funny way for the rock to air his dirty laundry Uh, He's talked about his grandmother and her FBI case for extortion. Uh, He's talked about different parts of his career and his dad uh, kind of being a a little sleazy. And I think that The Rock really intends on making a political run at the end of all this, for real. And and whenever people start asking questions about or trying to dig up dirt on him, he'll have this to sort of reference as his book uh, of things I've already answered. You know what I mean? So I, I think there's something interesting about that, too. I've never seen a president make a show, a TV show about his own life and then become president. But I wouldn't be surprised if You're James Johnson did it.
2: Imagine the power to just, obviously the rock has had books before, like he's had biographies and such, but still the fact that you become like one of the biggest stars in Hollywood and you say, you know what, instead of writing a new book about my life or whatever, I'm just going to make a TV show. Like it's going to be nice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, and I bet he's getting paid more for the TV show than he ever would have gotten paid for another book.
2: Absolutely, he's getting that NBC money.
1: I think I finally convinced uh, my brother Thomas to watch Young Rock also, and he said he was loving it. Randy Stab, which is making him laugh out loud also. Yeah. I've been watching this. I saw a trailer for Prehistoric, and I was like, well, that seems cool. Everyone likes dinosaurs. It's on Apple+. Plus. It's a, you know, David Attenborough,
2: Apple TV Plus. Thank you very much. It's
1: on Apple Plus TV Plus Apple TV Plus. It's on the Apple app (laughs) for, for viewing stuff. Anyways, it's Dave Attenborough. It's an old British guy. And he's talking about dinosaurs, and then they used CG to put dinosaurs on your screen as if you were watching a real documentary. Um, this also reminded me of Jahan. Like I, I don't know, I, I don't know who wants to just watch a dinosaur documentary all day because it's filmed like a real nature documentary. You know what I mean? Like here's the herds of dinosaur, and here's what they're up to. It is
0: a real nature documentary. Uh,
1: Yeah, and that's how it's shot, right? It's not shot science-y. It's shot more nature documentary-ish with lots of CG and lots of dinosaurs. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, So I think you would like it. It it is a bit dry. It's a bit boring, but you uh, you mess with dinosaurs big time.
0: Dinosaurs, huh? I'm just a child, huh?
1: (laughs) Well, here's what I was thinking about earlier. You know when we were given Drew crap for being such a dad? Yeah. I was thinking while he's out watching these dad movies, you and I are at home <laughs> watching like cartoons, anime, and playing video games. Watching so The yes. Quest.
2: The Quest.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: We are children, and Drew is a dad. That's exactly right. You're the child. Go watch your dinosaur show.
0: I might. I might just do that.
1: <laughs> and so that's a documentary. And then while I was on the documentary train, uh, I flipped over to HBO, and I see a new George Carlin documentary. Uh, I'm a fan of George Carlin. Some people aren't a fan of George Carlin. This documentary is for people who are fans of George Carlin. It's just a a George Carlin jerk-off piece the whole time about how great he is and how he was always great, and he'll always be so good. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you like George Carlin, that's what you're getting into. There's nothing... There's nothing about this that is like surprising or exposes George Carlin or is exciting. It's mostly just cutting back to people saying how great George Carlin was and how he's ahead of his time and he knows everything and he's so smart. So there's that. Uh, Just to tee that up for you. Uh, I know some people will go watch it because they like George Carlin and it's not going to change your mind one way or the other about him. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to, I saw today that season five of somebody feed Phil, the first half has popped onto Netflix. That of course is a traveling food show with a comedy writer from the nineties. writes He wrote for everybody loves Raymond. And I think he helped produce the show. Uh, he's really, really cheesy, really, really Jewish comedian. Uh, he calls his parents at the end of every episode to tell him that he loves them and tell them about what he's doing. Uh, and it's he always eats a kosher meal wherever he goes. He always eats a vegetarian meal wherever he goes. And then he has a big family meal with everyone he's met through the episode uh, in this different country, in this different city. And they all come together and eat a large family meal together. So uh, I really like uh, somebody feed Phil. I, I think there's something really. Uh, community driven really family really homey feel at the end of it there's there's a lot of love and acceptance and of course eating meals with people that you've met and that you're just newly friends with there's something real uh, engaging about that to me uh, but i'm a foodie and i like people so that speaks to both of those uh it just popped up so i'll be watching season five of somebody feed phil that's um that's everything for me this week guys i don't have anything else exciting to talk about
0: I think Phil grosses me out when I watch him eat, and that's my problem with that.
1: You, Why do you watch him eat so closely? That's what the show's about. You don't have to, like, look into the bowels of his mouth because he has a sandwich. Yes, I do. You, I don't <laughs> want to eat meals with you as much as I used to. <laughs>
2: True. did you watch anything? Uh, the only other thing I watched, just adding, this is kind of ironic, adding to the dad... Movie list is i have seen this movie before, but I watched it again. It's called Rush. Have you, either of you seen this? It stars uh, Chris Hemsworth
1: and Daniel so Rule. Does it star Getty Lee and Neil Pert? It's not.
2: It's not about the band. Oh, okay. Uh, it's about uh, Formula One race car drivers. I'm going to play... have pictures
1: of the band up and I'm leaving them up. Do they do Tom Sawyer in this one?
2: Nope. 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 So, no, this is a movie that came out in 2013 um this is like prime like chris hemsworth right after doing the avengers did this like race at formula one biopic movie directed by ron howard um it is uh, uh daniel Bruhl's in it and plays nicky lauda um and uh why am i gonna forget his name um who uh chris hemsworth plays another a good looking formula one racer they uh have like a, a really well known rivalry anyways i'd seen this movie before threw it on again recently wanted to watch it and uh it's okay it's pretty good it's it's i thought this was really good back in the day when i saw it uh but having now seen ford versus ferrari which i brought up when i was talking about top gun that movie is way better and uh, James Hunt, that's who Chris Hemsworth plays in this, James Hunt. Anyway, it's just like, if you like uh, want a Formula One biopic sports movie, uh, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, you Watch it. That's it. It's <laughs> nothing new. I just It's just something I happen to, to watch. Uh, uh, but I do have something else I, that I I want. used to
0: really like Formula One when I was younger. Uh, the place where my dad worked, uh, he worked at this place called Cattle Guard. Uh, which a lot of locals know it. Uh, a lot of people I know's families have eaten there and, like, knew my dad from there that I meet later in life, which is really weird. Uh, like, supposedly Kyle's family went there and, like, knew my dad, which was a really weird connection later. But anyways, they would have... Uh, they The owner of that place sponsored some racers, and so they would have, like... Uh, like Formula One day where they would bring the race car, you get a, like I gotta sit in the Formula One car. You know, I remember they had special cattle guard shirts with like the the checkered flag collar and stuff like that. It was like a whole thing and they did it every year. It was pretty cool. I just thought that was a cool
1: tidbit. Uh I used to think it was pretty dope. It is cool. I've never sat in a Formula One car. I think you'd have to grease me up to get me in and out though.
0: I was really I was real young. Yeah, I fit in it easy.
2: Gary, are you sitting in a bed of crickets?
1: you? Jahan knows (laughs) about these these crickets.
2: Every time you talk, your mic
1: is picking up crickets. Oh, my God, Drew. These crickets. Now, you listen to me about these crickets, okay? This cricket came in the house last week. Annie got him. She put him in a bottle, and she took him way out to the field. And I will tell you that, like, hours later, this jerk-off, Jumped all the way back to our house and buried himself right in our little bed here. And every night when I start streaming, this hecker of a cricket starts chirping up as soon as 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 he sees me in here. And then whenever we go to bed, he walks around the house, his little tootsies, and he goes and stands over by my window and screams at us there too while we try to sleep. This cricket is an entire hole. It's
2: great for comedic effect because, like, earlier your mic would occasionally catch it and Jahan was talking. So it was like Jahan was talking and there's just crickets in the background. Just to add to our piling on Jahan today. You guys were shitting on me?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you are the the king of butts from Fart Nation. (laughs) Wow.
2: I do have a very important announcement to make. Did I finally? Oh, no, no! I finally finished Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. I got, I played this on Xbox. I got all 1,000 achievement points for this game. I logged somewhere in the ballpark of 100 hours while playing it, trying to get everything. There's like over a thousand. A thousand kyber bricks that you collect in the game. There's over almost 400 characters. There's over a hundred ships. I got all of it. I got all of it. Every single I, one. I did. I it.
1: was playing deep rock galactic. Like I always do. And I was thinking to myself, why doesn't drew love this game? Because you have to check every little corner and get every little mushroom and piece of nitra and gold and everything out of the room. And I was like, boy, it would be nice to have Drew running around in here, searching every corner so I could just kill bugs. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like collecting stuff. What can I say? So you need a collector on the team, man. Again, that, that reminds me of your building the Lego thing. The, the patience you have. Uh, you, you may be the most patient person that I'm friends with.
2: Quite patient. I like that compliment. I'll take it
1: that's uh it's not a compliment
2: <laughs> uh, that's, that's it for me for what i've been watching and or playing
0: uh yeah so i've still been playing i've been playing a lot of games lately actually uh i was at home sick blah blah blah. but um you know i played loop hero more i got further in loop Hero. loop Hero's dope i unlocked the rogue class uh That game, now that I've given it a fair shake, has been dope. It's awesome. I suggest checking it out. Loopyro is a great roguelike. You know, I also play We Are Billions. Still great. Or They Are Billions. I also played Elden Ring. Still great. But some of the new stuff I've been playing, uh, which is more important. So I tried one of the Game Pass games, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Uh, It just came out on Game Pass. That game's pretty meh. Uh, The premise is you buy spaceships and they appear in your little space dock and you go and you piece them apart for salvage and you just go and you slice a ship up with lasers and you deposit the parts and then you sort the parts where they go uh it eventually gets more complicated and like there was like furniture inside the the next one and i had to like save the furniture for money i don't know it was kind of boring and If you get motion sick, you will get motion sick. Uh, It's pretty rough. Uh, The other thing, that was hard space. Uh, The other thing that I started playing that's kind of new, Bioshock, the entire Bioshock trilogy remastered, is free on the Epic Game Store as of the time of this filming. Might still be at the time of the airing. Uh, But yeah, I've been been playing Bioshock. It is. I think holds up pretty well. I'm having a good time going around hacking robots. You know, you hack the turret and then you lead the bad guys into it. You can do the combo attacks with light electrocuting people that are standing in water and burning oil and that kind of stuff. It's still fun. Uh, the story is still pretty cool. There's still some scare moments, but honestly, in the first one at least, man, they look bad. <laughs> they look real, real bad. Like I, uh, so I killed somebody. And, like, instead of dying in any sort of realistic way, I, like, killed her, and she just went stiff as a board and toppled over like she was a mannequin. And I was like, oh, that's bad. Uh, but the big daddy fights are still pretty brutal. Uh, I think that they're better in Bioshock 2, just because of, you know, technological issues. But I do plan on replaying these, because I never actually beat Infinity. I beat the other two, beat the crap out of the other two, uh... But there is, uh, I haven't beaten the third one, and I need to. I need to give that a fair shake.
1: I was looking at Loop Hero uh, before when you were talking about that. It looks like it was announced that they're going to make a Nintendo Switch version. or They're, they're going to port it over.
0: It would easily so, port, yeah.
1: So they, there's nothing for an Xbox PlayStation yet, nothing announced. But Lupiro will be coming to Switch.
0: No, that's good. Uh, yeah, it's a very good... It, it's kind of got, like, that auto-battler mixed with, like, a roguelike, and it's pretty dope. Uh, other games that I think are going to be pretty cool, they just dropped Floppy Knights on the... I've
1: installed Floppy Knights, but I haven't played it yet, but it's ready to go.
0: Free on Game Pass. Uh, it is a... It looks like a roguelike deck builder, which Gary loves so very much. Gary's obsessed. Uh, and I'm glad, because, like... I remember when you found out that those were a thing and you were like, what? And then you, you,
1: I literally made you sit in a party with me while I was playing slay the fire for the first time. And I was asking you questions on how this game was played.
0: Yeah. I was literally explaining how it worked. uh, And man, you, you were wary, but man, you love it so much now. And so, yeah, floppy nights looks like it might be a good one for you. Um, So many more keep coming out every day. Uh, If you have never played a roguelike deck builder before, I know that sounds like a lot of made-up stuff that I just said (laughs) to you. Try them. They are so fun. Uh, Slay the Spire is incredible. Uh, Maybe we
1: should break it down. So what a rogue-like game is, is it's a game that changes every single time you play it, and you're going to lose a bunch.
0: Yeah, you die, but you still progress, is the... So, like, you'll get through, like, the first boss in a dungeon, and then you'll die in the second floor. You'll have to start all the way back at the first floor, but you unlocked, like, two new guns that you can find throughout the dungeon. Uh, or, in this case, like, uh, some new cards, uh, some new artifacts. That way, yeah.
1: next time you play, you have a better chance of drawing new cool cards and combinations or getting your new weapons that you've now unlocked so they'll make you progress further faster stronger every time you lose so losing is built into these games so first of all you just know you're kind of going to be in like a brain off recycle mode which I like about rogue games is sort of once you get the the how it works you're doing it and now you just keep doing it until you win and you keep getting stronger and stronger yeah um And then Deck Builder, right? We're going to break it down. Of course, you're building a deck because you've got different cards every single time. You
0: usually start off with about two full hands worth of cards. So if you have five cards in a hand starting, you'll usually start off with ten cards in your deck. Uh, And you'll draw that first hand. You play all the cards. You discard them. You draw your new hand. And when you're done with that, you pick all the cards back up. uh, And... In deck builders, the idea is that this deck gets bigger as you play. um In Slay the Spire, for instance, it happens like in between combat usually, but it can also happen during combat when you do card creation, uh spells, and stuff like that. But yeah, it really I gets into. It.
2: Make, you said that your deck gets bigger as you play.
0: Yeah, yeah, your deck gets bigger as you play. Gets bigger as you play. Yeah, okay, your deck Yeah, just, gets, keep just keep playing as you play with
2: it. Just keep playing with your deck and it'll get bigger.
1: That's Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm.
0: The more you play yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Which is
1: actually funny because uh, when I play, I can actually remove cards from my deck. So sometimes my deck doesn't get any bigger at all. Your deck can
0: get
2: smaller.
1: Yeah, That's... that's right. Oh,
0: wow. I don't want that. I don't want my deck to get smaller. If you play with your deck too much... You can go blind
1: because as of
2: right now, my deck's already pretty small. I don't need it to get any smaller. I want my deck to get bigger.
1: Well, well here's true. the thing: is every time you play with your deck, you can expect a different outcome.
2: Hmm, I like mm-hmm.
1: that. So like sometimes that. your deck gets smaller, sometimes your deck gets bigger. And it just depends on what you want to do with your deck. Unfortunately,
0: a lot of these games are single player, so you can never play with your friend's deck.
1: Yeah, that's true. You are stuck oh, playing with your own deck.
0: That's a you're, shame. You're stuck playing with you your can't own deck. Share well, other. that's
1: why I had to have Jahan get into a party and teach me how to play with my deck.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I talked him off, as it were. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's Deck Builders in a nutshell. Um, gross. But the two that you should probably check out uh, that are great suggestions, uh, Slay the Spire, award-winning Deck Builder, kind of uh, started the whole roguelike Deck Builder genre, or at least brought it into the mainstream. And then... Uh, monster train monster train monster train also also an award-winning game they they're both award-winning games like this isn't us being weird they have huge fan bases and they are awesome you should check them out uh bring that in your repertoire but i mean i guess so fresh out the podcast look at that we we taught you guys about a whole new genre of games and you know a lot of other stuff so that was fun you guys have anything else to say
1: no, I just think it's cool that, you know, first person games, everyone knows what that is. Third person games, everyone knows what it is. And now, roguelike deck builder, our fans might know what that is now. That might be a part of their vocabulary. And that's that's kind of a cool feeling. Yeah, that is kind of a cool I like teaching people new stuff. Uh, and dev- then roguelike, right? It's not just that we taught them roguelike deck builders, roguelike is its own genre of game. Yeah. So we might have taught you something about gaming today. Loop Hero, also a roguelike. Uh, That's right. That's how this all started. There are so many of them
0: now. It's very more, more like
1: it's more like Poop Hero, though. You know what I mean? Mm,
0: mm, mm,
1: mm. I got gotcha. you.
0: Uh, but yeah, so this has been fresh out the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Johan
1: at Rockfact on Twitter. I'm Casualty CDG. Watch Jahan and I play tabletop games every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. And I'm not asking. I'm telling you to watch Jahan and I play tabletop games. Twitch.tv backslash Jahanan or on our YouTube, fresh out the box TTRPG. And if you aren't there, I'll know because I'm a moderator in the channel and I can see the viewers of who's in there. And if you're not in there, then we're not friends anymore. Damn. Yeah. That goes for like, you know, every, it's everybody too. It's for you guys too.
2: And I am Drew Munhausen. You can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening to episode 48 of Fresh
3: Out the Podcast. Stay fresh out there.